welcome to another episode of Less the Jays. It is a day late. We are not a buck short. We are one human being uh, extra involved in, uh, not on the show, obviously. My son's not going to be on the show this week. Um, but he is in the world, which is nice. <laughs> one day, he'll be on the show before long, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. But he is currently sleeping upstairs. He is alive and well. I am a father, uh, officially on the paper. Would not have been able to do this show yesterday, but I can do this show today. I... I I combined my previous uh, three days of sleep into last night's night of sleep. So I feel moderately well rested. I feel energized. I've, I've got, you know, stuff to talk about. We have Blue Jays baseball. I got a long harrowing story about hospital visits and childbirth and the early days of having a son. Lots going on on this side of the microphone. Let me tell you that much. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, did anything happen this week? for us and uh it's been an eventful eventful uh seven days in the world of of less than jays i would say yours more so than mine obviously well you got but you got covid19 don't bury the lead. i did get i did get covid's one through 19 it's Although true. i would i would probably guess that you got like you got covid22 probably right like you got a variant yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah i got like i got like covid covid3 that's pretty cool um that's pretty cool. Uh, how are you I feeling? I, I mean, today, today is fine. I feel I'm still testing positive. I tested this morning, but uh, today I feel completely normal today. So sort of neat that um, we are in the unique position that uh, one of our hosts could have COVID and that'd be like the, the backstory, not even, not even the, the beat plot. Here. Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of feel like you're having a kid stole my having COVID's <laughs> thunder a little bit. Go, let, me, let me guess, Jake, you're tired. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was really excited to come on here this week and be like, oh, it's all about me. And then you had to go and have a kid. Apologies. I don't even Apologies. get it in my own house because my wife got COVID as well and had it much had had it much worse than I did, and she's not listening to my complaining about feeling sick either because she felt uh, way way worse. So, but you're but you're man sick, which I think we all know is different. Or, yeah, I uh, uh, my wife was bedridden for like two and a half days, like mm. could not get out of bed, and I basically had the sniffles. <laughs> hey, sniffles was, is tough, man. And I was like, man, this is uncomfortable. I don't. I don't care for this at all. Whereas my wife, my, my, my immuno, again, to many of the people in my mentions yesterday who were telling me that vaccines are dumb, uh, my severely immunocompromised wife now totally fine. Uh, Incredible. After like six days, but did get hit much, much harder than me and was bedridden. Whereas I was like, ah, I got to sneeze a lot. Still not fun. Um, no, not fun. And probably mentally taxing because you obviously are dealing with far beyond uh, just your symptoms. But that's I'm glad to hear you're on the mend. And uh, obviously, listen, we're not going to spend the entire time pulpiting about the, the illness. But I also am in like I had to I have to be extremely cautious because I have, right, a, of course. I have a less than a week old child. So I can't I can't be gallivanting around bringing illnesses into the house and, and like celebrating and eating in restaurants. and all that. Yeah, that's, that's a whole new uh, level of COVID anxiety, I imagine wild man it's wild especially as like people return to offices and and ways go back up i just sort of have to be like well i have to i have to be back at at march 2020 here with my yeah. mentality which is fine i'm, I'm in no i'm listen we weren't in any rush to go out and sample the local cuisine and again we wouldn't be doing much anyway with a, with the newborn but just sort of interesting thing like we, ha we have rapid tests uh for People who want to come by, you sort of have to test negative first, even if, again, even if you're free, even if it's no big deal, uh, there's a baby in here. So pretty important. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, it's a whole other thing. It's not just like, oh, we have to be careful because we don't want to feel shitty for a week. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So how, how is, how is everyone? How is everything? <sighs> Boy, it uh, it you know you know I mean I like to I like to try to communicate a metaphor when I can. I um, do, yes. So you remember? I think you and I went through this in March of 2020. Not to compare my baby to the pandemic, but um, <laughs> there was like a a feeling I think we both had of like wow, every other time where I was like the world is fucked up, uh, really seems silly in comparison to how like clearly fucked up the world is right now. 
I would say I have that feeling with the idea of like being tired of like <laughs> the the times that I was tired because I chose to stay up late or because like I, I drank or because like, you know, uh, it, the comparison is not even it's not even close uh, to what Saturday, Sunday and Monday was. Today is better. Uh, I have to give all the credit in the world. We uh, in video game parlance, we turned the difficulty down uh, yesterday by calling in the grandmas. My, my mother and Melissa's mother uh, have been with us. And oh, that's good. Yes, a combined 16 grandchildren between the two of them. So um, <laughs> nothing new. Uh, my mother, a, a former nurse for her entire professional career. So uh, caring for people and uh, again, a 10 time baby consoler, a magician in the middle of the night has been a uh, impossible to state resource in terms of being able to sleep peacefully and being able to uh, get advice and being able to uh, just do anything at all. I, I stress that like anything, wash yourself, uh, remember to eat, use the bathroom, uh, any of that stuff you sort of, you completely have stopped thinking about yourself. Uh, it's crazy how that just like, you just don't think about, the only thing, only thought you have about yourself is I am tired in all caps. <laughs> your in case, I am hungry does not enter your thought. I have to go to the bathroom doesn't really enter your thought. It's like, I am tired. And every other thought is about the kid. It's uh, incredible. And that is, and that's just, and I listen, I have the easy, I have it easy compared to, it's staggering um, to go through this with somebody that you love so deeply. Like I love my wife. It is impossible to put into words. I know putting things into words is the entire point of a podcast, but uh, so basically we started going into labor, I think 11 o'clock on Wednesday evening would be, she had her first like, Ooh, I think that was a contraction sort of thing. And we went to sleep and we woke up uh, 4 a.m. on Thursday morning and it was like, oh, no, this definitely is a contraction. Yeah. And then we spent we spent every single moment of the 14th of Thursday, assuming we were we were about to have the baby and we didn't have the baby until 9 a.m. Friday. So <sighs> we got into the hospital at uh, 1.14 a.m. according to my parking pass and then. Uh, we got in, we met, we got, she got, uh, I fell asleep, not fell asleep, I laid down in the in the waiting room for her to be admitted into a delivery room. We got into the delivery room at 3.15, I want to say, and they uh, gave her the epidural, which I'm not sure if you know, Jake, it's like a needle to the a spine. Giant, a giant needle, yeah. Yeah, so I was escorted out of the room uh, at that point for 20 minutes. I did I did a whole boatload of research about April 15th, because I was, I was like, oh, Today's the day I'm going to become an expert on April 15th. I have a ton if you are curious. What did you um, do for those 20 minutes? Just do that research? I, I looked up interesting facts about April 15th. Yeah. What do you what do you got? I got oh, buddy. OK, I have the Titanic's officially sinking. OK. Uh, Lincoln is shot. Oh, wow. Uh, the first official franchise McDonald's opens. That's a busy day. Tiananmen Square uh, protests begin. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci is born. Wow. Jackie Robinson breaks the color barrier. I mean, that one seems appropriate for you guys. I knew there, there had to be a historical baseball uh, thing for you guys, I think. And then uh, stuff like um, Seth Rogen, like, you know, celebrity, celebrity birthdays, Seth Rogen, um, the Emma Thompson, Emma Watson, Luke Evans. Uh, Luke Evans. Luke Evans, yeah. Okay. And then around eight thirty, it was it, we were time to push. We got we got into push mode. The the our wonderful nurse said, "Okay, it's time to start pushing." Um, yeah, talk about fucking metal thing to see is a baby <laughs> come out of your wife. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, it is awesome. It was incredible. Melissa was incredible. Um, I think it was like twelve pushes over the course of twenty minutes. Oof. She did the, she did the first, uh, which is like. Listen, you get on your knees and pray to God that your thing is 12 minutes or 12 inches in 20 minutes. It was it was very miraculous that we were that lucky. Um, but because of the epidural, she wasn't like, you know, you get the you get the movie scene where she's like screaming at me and sweating and, and right. it's this disaster. It was not that at all. She was she was did a great job with big, hard pushes. And everyone in the room was like, you're doing great. Uh, next thing you know, there's a the top of a head and then one last series of pushes and out, out he comes. Um Boy, yeah, it everything changes. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so we were there. 
they 9.03 a.m. On, on, on Friday, April 15th, uh, Samuel Xavier Zuber enters the world. Um, great, he had, great name, by the way. Thank you very much. We he didn't have a name until about eight o'clock at night. We sort of. Oh really? Did you have a, did you have a like the list going in or was it we an impromptu decision? We had I would say two and a half names going in. Um, okay. Samuel and Leo were the two. He was almost Leo Manuel. Um, which which by the way, having Leo as the second name and then learning that Leonardo da Vinci was was married, was named, born that same day was like right. tough to not name him that. But. Um, he was going to be Jack up until about February. Jack really? was the, was the yeah, it was Jack and and hilarious again, Jackie Robinson. Hilariously, like Samuel's the one that has no connection to the day he was born. <laughs> uh, but you know what I did manage to do, Jake, is I listened to the Blue Jays game uh, on Thursday. While while in that giant panic, we listened to the Jays game uh, Friday uh, with with my son on in the bed beside. Uh, had my headphone in, listening to. Ben Wagner called the Jays A's game, which I think Raymond Tapia let off and went two for two. Um, or was that Saturday? Anyway, Tapia was involved all weekend. I know that, I know that much. Uh, and then, yeah, we're, we're home for Saturday and Sunday games. So have an idea of what has happened. I've been enjoying and uh, and loving it. The, the the shift, Jake, It's baseball is 100% back to just being a nice treat for me. Uh, not, not, what could happen to make me upset at this point is uh, very little. It's, it's, it's back to trivial. It feels very good. Yeah, it's been, uh, let's call it an eventful week in Boy. Blue Jays baseball. So we'll get into it. We'll talk about Blue Jays baseball. Lots. we got plenty of injuries, which which is painful. Uh, plenty of uh, small things, big things, and things to look at and talk about after this. Okay, Jake, I'll start off with a PSA from my lovely and wonderful Twitter followers that I cherish each and every single one of them like they are um, not my own children, but we'll say my children's friends. Um, I'm never going to tweet a screen cap of a strike zone or a (laughs) umpire scorecard. I understand why people would do that. And I understand that uh, (laughs) you're not supposed to like the umpires. You're not supposed to like the referees. Booing the ups and reps is part of watching sports. I totally get it. Uh, But to me... Just to me, uh, following something called umpire scorecard is insanely huge loser energy. Uh, I just, I just think that's, I would never do that. I can't bring myself to mentally want to do that. To, to be like watching it, and be like, oh man, I hate this strike zone, and then be like, I need to know exactly how mad I should be. Is to me insane to, to be like, okay. I also want like, I want a report card. I get it. I get. There's like a you want to hold people hold people accountable. But um, I find that hilarious. I, I find umpire scorecard to be truly hilarious. The same goes with the screen cap of the individual pitch strike zone. Uh, I totally get I totally get it. People out there want things that I don't want. I don't want robot umps. I think it's a terrible idea. But uh, I, I acknowledge I will die alone on that island. I kind of come down in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge... I, I used to be very much against... Uh, ump complaining sure just in the sense of like you know they're not working against you it's just it's hard it's hard like etc blah 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 blah. like booing is fine and fun and part of the game i don't mind that uh but as i get older uh (laughs) fuck the umps they're baseball cops (laughs) i get it i get it they shouldn't have it and so i would think i was kind of tweeting about this this weekend and i think you know you're dime a dozen bad calls that that's just kind of whatever to me. Uh, this weekend though was very genuinely the worst called game in three years, and I think in those situations, I don't. I have no problem with the uh, vitriol going that way. I don't know if I would print out the ump scorecard and bring it to the game. <laughs> But supposed to feel bad for that guy? No, yeah, thank no, you. that's that's a, that is a psychotic thing to do. I love um, I love the tweet the the swell of support. I looked at that and I was yeah, like, thank no, God that got taken away. Don't yeah, set a insane. precedent. That makes Blue Jays fans look <laughs> real weird, extremely weird. Um, uh. Uh, 
where was I? Tell me about uh, you. You you are yeah, fuck, so you're, you're pro fuck the ums. My thing is, I'm pro fuck the ums, but I also think that they're and this is sport wide. Uh-huh. Um, it, there's just the pro- the problem with umps or refs or whatever that I think the underlying problem is that there's no I don't want to say no accountability because that's not the right term, right? But th- there is no recourse. Umps okay. get to make shit calls and like that's kind of it until the playoffs when they choose the crews, right? So like um, I was t- I was tweeting this week that there should be a minor league for umps. There is They're called the minor like, leagues. No, but they should get sent down mid-season. I mean, <laughs> is what I mean. Like if if yeah. you if you call a game like Jeff Nelson called on Saturday, right? You should get sent down to the minor leagues, right? If, but again, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry. If if any athlete, if any player in the league. If if fucking Vlad went like one for his next seventy, right, he'd get sent down to go work it out, right. And it's not saying that he's like off the team. He's yes. got to go down and do some conditioning. And I think that should exist for umpires. If I you, if yeah. you call a historically bad game, you should have to go work it out in the minors. I sure. don't think that's insane. So I have a couple points here. Number one is if you could pick Jake. A one game in the last three years to be the worst officiated game you, of the time frame. Wouldn't you pick <laughs> yes, yes. game eight against Oakland? <laughs> of course. Every time. We have seen in recent Blue Jay history when like one of the worst calls drastically affects the outcome of a game. <laughs> that was my favorite part. I was like, thank God this is the worst umpired game. There's, you couldn't have a less important game. Totally, <laughs> totally agree. But again, I get it, and I love the passion. Uh, my and other point and would be, I think it's good from a Blue Jays fan perspective that people are getting so worked up so early. Yeah, it makes me worried about later on, but yes. Oh, it's going to get really bad. Because I sort of touched on this last week, but... If they're not like if they're not eight games in, ahead in first by like mid-August, things are going to get weird. I think my PSA along with the umpire thing is, um, and I want this, and this, is, this happens a lot on... I don't want to call it Raptors Twitter, but it happens a lot on some of the more passionate fan bases that you find. No, call it Raptors Twitter. Call it Raptors Twitter. Okay, so here's my my PSA. (laughs) If somebody who cheers for a different team says something mildly disparaging about the Blue Jays, it it, it doesn't matter. You can can not quote tweet it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Kyle Lowry was the bellwether for this. Someone, Someone would be a little dismissive of Kyle Lowry. And it's like... And I think the one for me is like, for some reason, not for some reason, because the team is very outwardly like this, um, this idea that the Blue Jays are like incredibly likable and everybody has to like them. You're going to have to let go of that pretty quick because because other teams are not going to like them. It's just sort of the like people. I would also point out that I don't want them to like them. hundred percent. I agree. But there's this idea of like. Anybody who doesn't love the Blue Jays is is like uh, this or that, and it's like people are just not going to like your team. And, yeah. and fans of other teams cannot like the Jays. It, here's here's it's the thing not about important. good. Here's the thing about good teams. Nobody likes them. Absolutely right. You get anyway. you get to have the everyone likes our team because we're young, scrappy, and fun. When you're like 81 and 81, <laughs> that's right. When you're trying to win a World Series, you don't want other fan base. The whole thing in 2015 was so what, fuck you, which was not a likable team. I would have hated that Blue Jays team were I not a Blue Jays fan. Josh Donaldson is not a likable player. I'm sorry. It's really fun to mock him and make fun of him on the Yankees. Jose Bautista was not a likable player if you were not a Blue Jays fan. I love him. I'm glad he was a Blue Jay. But like... I understand why Rangers fans fucking hate them, just as you understand why we fucking hate the Rangers and Roofnet Odor and all those losers. That's anyway, how this works. I don't want to spend too much time fan shaming because it's really not that, important. There's one, there is one, to sort of segue us into things that are going on, there is one uh, topic where this whole, uh, you know, liking the Blue Jays or calling things, calling people out or not is valid. And that is, of course, being vaccinated against COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. That is the one thing that Blue Jays fans get to hold over every complaining team, complaining player, complaining fan for the entire season. 
it is wild that people would people would people would act like the Jays didn't just go through the the two craziest seasons a baseball team could have in terms of location and restrictions and like they didn't play. I'm glad you brought that in up. Fucking a single A and a triple A stadium. <laughs> I have a quote from Charlie Montoyo, who is fast becoming extremely likable. All he had to do was get tossed once and then swear in a quote. Uh, a quote from Charlie uh, from half an hour ago uh, about. COVID-19 restrictions for traveling to Canada. He said, rules are rules, and that's why we couldn't play in Toronto for two years. And from experience, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cared about us when we were in Dunedin. Oh, yeah. And it's a great quote. I'm glad Charlie's getting some edge to him. Uh, it's fun. He told him to go fuck himself this weekend, which was great. Uh, and also, yeah, if, you, it's, if you're on a team like, I don't know, Boston... And you would like the Blue Jays to not have a competitive advantage in Toronto, get vaccinated. Right. Seems pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, that goes, that goes for clearly for every sport. We saw the, yeah. we saw the, the discourse around uh, Matisse Thibel and the Sixers. And uh, look, if you. Nothing with the NHL, I guess. If you're a professional athlete, uh, I assume that not with the NHL because they're in Canada all the time. I, I, I think there was like. Two unvaccinated players in the entire league, and they both got shamed like yeah. routinely. Uh, yeah, and I think that you know you're a professional athlete. Your whole thing is your commitment to winning and commitment to excellence. Sounds like you're not that committed to me. <laughs> if you're not willing to get a shot, so you can play against your not only in baseball, it's even better because like not only can you not play in Canada, but if you're on the Red Sox or the Yankees. That's like the most important games of your season. It's true. Sounds like you're not committed to winning. <laughs> and it doesn't even mention like the, um, not I don't know, restriction, but like the Jays could not go out and get players that aren't vaccinated. Like they just, they just right. limits their ability to pick from, from players. So yeah, I'm with you there. I think that's, uh, actually I think it's hilarious to be frank. I agree. Uh, I think it's great. Um, but to the on-field product, uh, unfortunate injuries to Oscar Hernandez's injury, not not something that I uh, enjoyed in the slightest. We are um, also saw Hyunjin Ryu throw 88 down the pipe for <laughs> a whole game. <laughs> that pretty quickly lead to uh, an IL stint. Nothing that I am crazy worried about. I don't like an oblique injury and Ryu obviously struggling out of the gate anyway, but something to monitor, something to keep an eye on uh, as, of course, that lineup where you're like oh man the first six guys becomes oh man the first five guys which dangerously slips away but um some mea culpas zach collins can hit look at that yeah uh zach collins suddenly uh irreplaceable in the lineup. <laughs> yeah that's, that's batting fifth and dhing zach collins to me i guess um i mean like hey if he can do it great he can I, hit the I, power yeah i want to i I really wanted to find lots of bad things to say about Zach Collins, but he's proven me wrong in every, well, not every, but the last two games. And a very quick turning on Rymal Tapia. I guess, listen, you have to have players in the team you don't like, but the Tapia and I's came out pretty quick as well. Yeah, I mean, hey, he got two hits in a game. And he has already scored at least two runs that basically nobody in the team other than Zimmer would score. I am fairly confident in saying that my early season evaluation, re-Tapia versus Zimmer, uh, I may have got that one wrong. May have <laughs> and, got it backwards. <laughs> and my exactly one game worth of at-bats from Zach Collins may have been uh, <laughs> <laughs> overstated. Bradley Zimmer um, no. might not be good. Listen, it's... He just it's, might not be able to hit anything. It's a different... It's a completely different package that that is... Um, going to be very interesting to see how it fits in. I, I, I see the fit on, and clearly they do as well, because Tapia is pretty clearly above him in the um, depth chart in the outfield. It's, I see I see the difference and the value that Tapia has as, as a different flavor. But I can also understand quickly, if you're a fan watching these games, that, that the consistent ground ball doesn't inspire you in the way that, uh, say, everybody else in the lineup seems to. Yeah. Um, but... And once it gets through and he gets on base. He scores from first an awful lot. I'll say man, that much. man can run. Yeah. 
Um, other stuff. Boy, oh boy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the hat trick, uh, the home runs, the being very good while I would say not even really having that very many good at-bats yet. He's like, they're not throwing him anything to hit, and he's still hitting. The ones off of Garrett Cole were absurd. The, the 98 uh, well off the plate inside that he hit 460 feet is ridiculous. Uh, so glad that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a Blue Jay. He is the best hitter on the planet. I will not hear otherwise. Uh, Vlad, obviously great. Um, Bo, a little bit of the classic sort of Bo, when it looks bad, it looks real bad. Uh, I like what I've seen from Guriel. I think every time, anytime Springer does anything, it's a difference maker. And Santiago Espinal, holy, there's your second baseman. We are, as you said earlier, when we were discussing your child, uh, we are wont to speak in metaphors on this show. I find that it helps me digest my own thoughts sometimes. I think that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a metaphor for the entire Blue Jays team season so far, in the sense that it hasn't all quite come together yet, but it's so good already that once it all does come together, look out. Yeah. Because this, the Jays are, you know, they're six and four, I think. They're not lighting the world on fire yet. But you can see the the plan in there. And once it all does come together, and maybe, you know, the injuries that we feared, because Julian Merriweather is hurt now as well. Ryu was hurt. What? Julian Merriweather is hurt? That's crazy. <laughs> but but he almost, he's, he's almost thrown double digit, digit innings. That's <laughs> career high. Um, <laughs> But like, you know, we talked in the in our sort of season preview that the Jays other all of the Jays injury problems last year were just George Springer. Yeah. And everyone else was great. And this year it's a little more spread out to start the year. But hopefully we get over that hump. And hopefully everyone's healthy. And then it all comes together and they're gonna win like hundred and four games. Certainly seems possible because uh as I said, Vladdy Vladdy can do you know, he's he's the son of Vladimir Guerrero, who is the best bad ball hitter in the world. And he just happens to also be an incredible great ball hitter um, leading the way. And and yeah, like you said, we're talking about doing this now, the last series without Teoscar Hernandez, uh, which is always a big boost. And Bobachet is still not really started. He's, he's had some good defensive games, but the the aggressiveness and the at bat still haven't quite been there. So even Chapman, like I know, I know we're not looking at Chapman to be those no, guys, sure. but he's he's starting to heat up a little bit as well. And yeah, there the, there's a, a lot to be seen and a lot to be uh, figured out. I am very optimistic about the lineup. I think you'd have to be crazy not to be. It's the pitching staff that listen things. These scales tip one way or the other generally early in the year. Um, talked about Ryu. Obviously, I laid out my concerns last week. Did not have a great bounce back in game two uh, of his season this week, shutting down. I think you sent me two to three starts is the expectation, which... Yeah, that's what Heyman said today. Translates out to, I think, somewhere between 15 and 20 days. Um, hopefully, I mean, it's, it all seems to be location-based. He just seems to not be able to locate uh, the changeup in the curveball, which is, of course, very important when pitch mix is your whole thing. But hard not to love watching Kevin Gosman. I certainly would not argue with you if you told me that in a one-game playoff you wanted to start Alec Manoa. I would say, yeah, so do I. Um, and I think Jose Barrios bounced bounce back a little bit. Where does the pitching, where do you want to start with the pitching? Where does it Where does it jump out for you? I. It's tough. I am thrilled to be extremely wrong about Kevin Gausman. God, what would we settle on was the right Gauze. way to say it? Gauze. Uh He looks great. Uh, I think Barrios had a nice little bounce back. Still not worried about him, really. Um, Ryu, I, don't, I feel like guys like Ryu who pitch that way, they're so specific in their pitching that little things like whatever is bothering him left arm shittiness or whatever uh, can really clearly just throw the whole thing out of whack. Uh, but he also had a couple innings where he looked completely lights out this year. So I don't really know where to land on Ryu with that one. I'm concerned though. I won't lie. Uh, of course, the big fella, nothing but nothing but joy. And then, you know, that's 
three out of five guys, and we'll see what Kikuchi looks like tonight. But, you know, in, what is this, April 19th, three out of your five starters look great. I'm not that concerned. Uh, Bullpen has been fine, I think, for the most part. It's better than last year, that's for sure. Romano looks amazing. Jimmy Garcia is awesome. Simbers, obviously not going to be as consistently good as he was last year, but he's good enough. Same with Richards. Uh, still too much Trent Thornton for my liking, but he's <laughs> but he's been okay. I will give okay. him that. He's been okay. Yeah. You'd rather see Thornton than Ryu right now, yep. somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I honestly, of all the concerns I have about the Blue Jays, the pitching's not really one of them. My big concern is uh, depth. Sure, we of saw course. we saw some lineups this week that. Uh, not faulting Charlie for this. It's just what's it's what's there. The, you know, my big fear right now is that the Jays are one injury to the top three from being in a lot of trouble. Right, and having the injury to the fourth into Oscar certainly exactly. certainly does shorten exactly. that leash considerably. And like I know, not a lot of teams have like sixteen guys deep. That's just not a thing that really exists right. in baseball, unless you're the Dodgers. Uh, but it does seem to me that like. You know, you take Teoscar out of the lineup and you take Jansen out of the lineup and suddenly you're rolling Kirk, Tapia, Biggio as your your seven through nine. And, or sorry, not Collins, Tapia, Biggio. And yeah, Collins has been pretty good the last couple of games, but it just gets real thin real quick, I guess is really my point. And you can survive that when you have Springer and Vladdy and Bo, but one of them goes down, even when Teoscar comes back, and I started to get a little worried. And a bit of a bloom off the rose on Alejandro Kirk. A little bit. A little bit of the, a little bit of the oh, I guess the guy who miraculously hits at every level when it's in the major leagues at 22 uh, and only hits line drives. I, I have confidence that there'll be, there'll be a bounce back, but not the greatest start of him being an everyday player and having to be the catcher and, and regularly de-aging. Certainly didn't expect to be looking at Gabriel Moreno's stats so much at this point of the year. Well, you know, I want to continue to try to be the, the veteran-level head here for some of the people that are on, involved of course. in of course. what is going to be a very fun year, but you don't want Moreno to have the same fate as Kirk here and, and get sped through and, and, and be discouraged. I think you have to allow him to truly dominate in the way that you allowed the previous guys that you called up early to unequivocally dominate that level. But I do see why you would uh, pine for that. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. But only 151 to go after, after tonight. Yeah, and uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about Kirk. I don't think. Like you say, I expect the bounce back, but it is sort of, you know, where I'm going a little bit with the the thinness of the lineup. Totally. No, again, not that teams throughout the league have three catchers and if one of one of them's hurt and one of them's struggling, it's just like here's another great catcher. There's only like six good catchers in the league. Yeah, that's but, not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> but like it does speak to, you know, when Teoscar goes down and when Jansen goes down, and if Kirk is struggling like he is, you know, all of a sudden that's almost fifty percent of the lineup that you're like, oh, I don't know. Totally. Totally, but yeah. Luckily, Santiago Espinal is like He's unbelievably great. good. Um, I, have, I have a question for you about Espinal. I love it. Let's hear it. I am. If you listen to any of our shows in the past, you know that I am very quick to judge Charlie for small, stupid things that don't matter in the long run. I am not bothered by hitting Espinal ninth. Well, of he's course not hitting this well because it's a great way to turn the line. This, the Espinal Springer combo has been beautiful this year. But I have seen some people being like, how can you still be hitting Espinal ninth? He's hitting so well. Move him up. What are your thoughts? My thoughts, to, my answer to that is learn about baseball. <laughs> right. Gotta you turn want, the up over. You want Santiago Espinal hitting in front of George Springer. You are n- nuts. You no, are no, not, nuts. No, no, not, not in front of Springer. But just like, I think we'll be like, let's put well, hit him, hit him eighth f- instead of ninth. He should be in like fifth or sixth is what That's, I've seen. That's insanity. That's an insane thing to say. But. Insane. Insanity. Insanity. <laughs> 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 I 
Absolutely it is, wrong. It is, it is pretty fun how quickly he won the second baseman job, though. Hitting, hitting ninth is perfect. Hitting ninth is perfect for him. Perfect. Uh, hitting him ahead of Matt Chapman is insanity. <laughs> it's, it's an ins- hitting him ahead of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is insanity. Maybe maybe you want to hit him eighth and hit Tapia ninth. That's I'll give you that. Or you want to hit him eighth. And you want to hit you want to hit Zimmer ninth. But or uh, not, not, even, not even in front of Collins or Kirk. Not even the batting. You want you want exactly what he does at exactly the place that he does it. Um, yes, he's hitting well. Hitting him leadoff is so out to lunch, absurd, brain broken, looking for something to change for no good reason. <laughs> George Springer hits leadoff. Literally George Springer. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. All four of the top four guys, when they're healthy, are all-stars. And you're, let's give the, (laughs) the the defense first second baseman who was never a prospect, who we got for (laughs) (laughs) Steve Pierce as a throw-in, who is a pleasant surprise. This is the, this is, and we talked about it before the the the, the expectation of, of hope and what that can do, um, and the similar thing of like the the switch between a pleasant surprise and a guy you count on to provide. Um, continue to allow Santiago Espinal to be pleasant surprise, to be the oh wow he, here comes the nine hitter we can relax a little bit and then he doubles off the wall because all he does is hit doubles now. Um, that's great. That is that's great. I love that move Espinal up in the lineup. Crazy people. <laughs> George Springer, <laughs> literally George Springer leading off games. I remember. Uh, do you remember we did this? Um, and it's admittedly sort of the opposite thing. Is remember they got too low, and it was like the conversation was like, does too low want to lead off or not? It was like oh yeah, huge. that's right. Um, and then it ended up, geez, it ended up being. They went and got Ben Revere, who was like everything in your brain tells you not to leave, not to hit Ben Revere off, and then they do anyway. Um, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I think that's I think that's absolutely nuts to want him to want him hitting anything other than eighth or ninth is uh, to me overthinking it. You have to, yeah, hitting ahead of Matt Chapman as as an idea is craziness. Somebody has to hit ninth. Yeah, there's a literally at a not that this is a barometer for things, but I'm looking at Blue Jays Reddit right now, and there's an, an entire thread someone started based on Espinel's batting average. Should he be hitting first? Oh my god! Has a higher average in OVP than Springer in 2021. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> Jesus Lord. <laughs> Springer played like 60 games and hit 25 on runs last year. What do you want? <laughs> oh my Lord. This is the, this is what happens. This is what happens. And you have to welcome, you have to welcome people in who are a part of a fun thing that's happening here, but you have to also be like, all right, now let's take a breath. Let's take a breath and not just say crazy things for no reason. <laughs> April, is, April 19th. And someone is saying he has better numbers on the year. Holy Lord. Holy cow. Uh, If you want to get mad about something, you should get mad about Tapia hitting fifth. Sure. And also, like, that's also fine. It's strange, but yeah, it's... Sorry. Oh, he's fifth. Sorry, he's... Tapia's hitting eighth tonight. Of course. Collins is hitting fifth. Well, Collins, uh, that slugger. Come on now. Talking about, about, you know, maybe the best catcher in the league. Is that Collins? (laughs) (laughs) Joe Maurer 2.0. Yeah, geez, get out of the, just get out of the guy's way. That's what I would say about Zach Collins. Yeah, listen, uh, I also admit, um, even my outburst aside, I fairly uh, am agnostic about the difference in lining up a lineup. Yeah, like we get into this sometimes when people talk about um, you know the the Bo Vlad Teoscar two three four. It's like should shouldn't Vlad actually be hitting second? Shouldn't Bo actually be hitting fourth? Um, when you have Springer, Bo, Vladdy, Teoscar, Gurriel even, you, you, you really can't line those five up wrong, if you know what I mean. Like you can, yeah, I think, there's, I think there's value to it in, like, September. Sure. That argument. I don't think it matters on April 19th. I think ultimately, even if you believe deeply in that, you are, you are, you are arguing in the favor of a, a fraction of a run uh, over the long haul and 
what I maintain pretty strongly is like the best place for Vlad to hit is whatever allows him to be the best hitter in the world. If he if he's if he's the best hitter in the world when he hits third, hit him third. If he's the best hitter in the world when he hits fourth, hit him fourth. If he doesn't like it, it's those guys hitting optimally is better than the lineup being uh, 100% optimized at all times <clears throat> for every single game. I think you have to sort of. I know that it's easy to analytically be like your highest OBP guys who goes first, and your, your second, your best overall hitter goes second, and then a guy who can uh, hit for great contact and power hits third, and then your uh, second best power OBP combo guy hits fourth, and then yada 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 on down. I get that, and I, that probably is optimization, but these guys hitting well is what is what is optimization. All these guys just playing at their peak is what optimizes the lineup. So that is sort of firmly um, what I believe. Anyway, lots and lots and lots and lots. There's, there's so much. Um, you mentioned them fleetingly, and I'll, I almost feel silly going back to it. But you know me, Jake. I try not to put too much stock in any reliever. Um, I try to I try to keep a safe distance from a reliever. Uh, but I really do like watching Simber. I can't help it. I do too. It's just fun. It's just good old-fashioned fun. It's, it's a good weirdo. fun, and I like imagining what a 90-something mile-an-hour fastball coming from his release point up into my face would look like. Just and how a, impossible it would be to hit. Just a weirdo who does weird stuff that looks really weird and is probably really annoying. And then uh, offset against Romano is probably, like, impossible. Um, and Jimmy Garcia, you mentioned. I think what a, what a sneakily very nice, good signing. I think that's something... I think you, I'm, you're sitting there, and obviously bullpens are very fungible and things change quickly, but I'm sitting here looking at the one, two, three, four. You're, you're basically your, your, your big four options in Simber, into Meza, into Jimmy, into Romano, and saying, I trust that. I trust that. If you're, if you're getting into the seventh inning and that's, you have that up, you're like, yeah, I feel pretty good about winning most games. Yeah, and I think another thing I like about Simber is every good Blue Jays team needs one insane bullpen guy who reacts too much. Yeah. And he's that guy. He's Jason Grilly, but good. If they can go get if they can go get a, another guy about as good as Jimmy Garcia, then we're then we're really cooking. Yeah, I think I think you could do a whole lot worse than Garcia, Simber, whomever, and Romano. Big Timmy, big Timmy Mays, big Mesa. Mays has been great, actually. You're right. I have enjoyed watching him pitch. Uh, maybe, maybe another lefty if we're looking for long-term uh, shopping list. But otherwise, I'm loving it. I'm loving the bullpen. I'm loving most of the pitching staff. As I said, Alec Manoa is that dude, man. He's awesome. Uh, unfazed, unfathomable. Uh, the stuff looks incredible this year. The breaking pitches are bending in all ways. He never looks bothered enormous Florida man. Uh, I love him. I, I easily, easy for me to love Gosman as well. I got kind of guy that I jive with very easily is just a master of two things and just does those two things over and over <laughs> again. Um, and we'll see about Kikuchi. I'm, I'm giving Kikuchi some space here to, he has, he has I, some really weird, you look, you look into his stuff. He has some really weird, like he doesn't like to throw inside to righties. He, he, his pitch selections and the things that he goes to are really sort of interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see over the long term, and you don't want to turn, oh, Pete Walker's a wizard who does everything right. But they've they've uncorked some stuff in in what they've done with Manoa and what they did with Robbie Ray last year and what they've already done with Gosman in terms of his stuff improvement. I'm interested to see what they get out of the obvious tools that Kikuchi has in the fastball mm. is really heavy and really powerful. He has a good slider. He has a really nice cutter. It's just he sort of tends to leave them in the middle of the plate. So I'm interested to see what they do with his mix and with what he throws to different guys in different situations. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's it's been, I know I've said in here a couple times, like, oh, I don't know about Kikuchi, but like, it's been one start, so I'm not, uh, yeah, not concerned yet. Um, okay, uh, a, little, a little scattershot on my end, Jake, I apologize, but I think that's, that's mostly yeah, covered. It's, it's been a scattershot week. I'm, uh, I think I got, that's all the storylines, I sort of, I, I feel again, once again, silly, I started with the fan stuff, which I shouldn't have, but you have to understand, I was experiencing the weekend through my phone, mostly. Yeah, I think that's entirely fair. Okay, so we're going to get into uh, the mailbag at the side of this. We're going to answer some questions, have a little fun, and uh, talk to you, the viewers, the listeners, viewers, the listeners, <laughs> and the followers on Twitters after this.
it's time for the mailbag. We are going to get into a couple of questions here. No mailbag this, or pardon me, no voicemail this week, but I didn't tweet it out as much as I usually do because I was in a hospital for most of the week. Uh, but if you want your voicemail played on the show, 833-714-7774, uh, you can get, as always, all the answers to every mailbag question on the Patreon, patreon.com slash less than J's, the five and nine dollar tiers get you the extended episodes. Uh, you also get extra stuff like Jays of Our Lives uh, on the nine dollar tier. I have some time this week. I'm gonna, I get to edit together the me eating a Arby's Reuben, and then perhaps we will schedule in at some point this week uh, the mailbag episode, which is coming your way for uh, the first month of the show. All that and more, patreon.com slash less than J's. So let's get into the mailbag. The first one comes from Justin Fisher. This one's for me, I assume, Jake. Uh, what's the scouting report on the baby? Are we thinking a power hitter or more of a contact guy? Or am I way off and he's throwing heat? Um, I think the common refrain among people who are being cute and fun when you have a baby and want to play, oh, he's a ball player, is they, they tell you, you know, <laughs> make him make him a lefty pitcher. Um, Right. That's sort of the like, because, you know, you, you can be Anthony Kay and not be exceptional at any single thing, except for the fact that you're left handed and you get to make the, get to make the major leagues, even though you're not you don't have a great fastball. You don't have a great curveball. You're just in the major leagues because you can pitch left handed. Um, I obviously lean towards him being a position player uh, if he cares about baseball. Um, if I think he cares about baseball in your house. Come on. Could, it could not. It could. You know, kids rebel. Uh, listen, I suppose. I'm. Aiming, aiming low. A, a simple Matt Chapman career is fine with me. Just be the best <laughs> defensive player in the world at your position, and then occasionally hit tank jobs. Uh, you don't have to be a, a master of contact. Just be a great fielder. <laughs> Just be the best in the world at something. I always preferred, not preferred, but I always like when I was a kid and playing baseball. I always really enjoyed defense more than I enjoyed uh, hitting. I liked hitting, and hitting obviously has its has its fun, and it feels fun. But like playing solid defense and like making a play that that people think you shouldn't make or like um, throwing out a runner from the outfield or like snagging a tough grounder and making a nice throw um, feels so good because you sort of you get that mental picture on the other side is like these major league hitters, you know, in your brain, you're like I only get so many well hit balls per game mm. and he has stolen one from us. And now we must make do with worse at-bats than that. I think that's super fun. So we're going to be drilling glove work when we, you know, defense doesn't slump and there's no days off on that sort of thing. So um, we're going to go, we're going to go traditional three outcomes. Matt Chapman, maybe, maybe even Lourdes Gurriel might be probably more accurate. It's a bit, a bit, a bit chase happy, but when he's on, he's on and he has the, the, the arm. So maybe not, maybe not the defense, but those are the two molds, either great at the defense or have a great arm. One, one of the two things. You have the, uh, the classic house in the burbs too. So you can set up the, set up the square yeah. on, on the fence or the garage. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, or he wants to become a pitcher. And then I would like, Oh no, my kid's an absolute freak. I don't know what to do. What do you do with, what do you do with a pitcher? <laughs> so kid? He's just a Ken Giles type. Well, you have a pitcher kid and you're like, okay, he's going to be riddled with anxiety and going to hurt his arm at some point. Uh, unless, he, <laughs> unless you have an Alec Manoa and the kid never worries about anything ever his entire life. Um, uh, Andrew Robertson asks us, you get to open and operate your own food concession stand at Zidome. What are you serving? Jake, you haven't been to a game yet this year, have you? I have not. I'm not going to a game until uh, the roof is open. Makes sense. Uh, so let's say there's a Jake Goldsby concession stand at the Dome, which I have heard uh, has upped their game in terms of beverage and foods this year, which they continue to make the in-game experience a little bit better. What would be in the Jake Goldsby stall? Oh, uh, I mean, it's a baseball game, so there's got to be some form of hot dog. Uh, just put, put a bunch of shit on it. Uh, give me a hot dog. Uh, right, actually, you know what? doesn't matter. Just have crispy onions involved, is what I think. <laughs> yeah, crispy onions. Crispy Can't onions. go wrong. Uh, I'm sure people want the charcuterie reference, so let's do that. There you go. Uh, and then just uh, some, some nice beer. I'm, I'm not really, as I've learned, like, outside of bringing in food for fun, I'm not really an eat-during-the-game guy. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a drink-during-the-game guy, for sure. Uh, but uh, I'm just a, I just grab a hot dog outside before the game. I don't really eat it, Scott. Not bad. And uh, breaking news here on Instagram, uh, Danny Jansen expecting a baby in October. Hey, congrats to Danny Jansen. As a father, Jake. Didn't he just get married also? He got married, in the, he got married uh, over the last summer, I believe. That's right. 
Um, or no, just, over the off season. Were, like excited, like it was, were you just excited to to relate because you were I was gonna say yeah. as a father. As a father of almost a whole week. Uh, I cannot say enough to Jano about what he's about to experience. Um, <laughs> I can't say anything at all. I have no idea. Uh, congratulations to Jano. October. That could be a that could, that could be a tumultuous time to have a child. Let's see what happens. Um, and I'll say this: a, a, a targeted decision by Melissa and I to not have the bulk of her heavy pregnancy be in the summer. Best of luck to Mrs. Jansen, because as a, as a summer baby, I have heard stories that that is a wise call. It's already so uncomfortable. I cannot imagine not being able to layer up. You, From what I understand, I was I'm an August baby. From what oh I understand, boy. I was two weeks late oh my uh, God. in a semi-detached house in Toronto. With no cut air you. conditioning. Just cut you out of there. I'm sure yeah. they probably were. Yeah. Um obviously my pick is a Ruben sandwich. I don't think it's I don't think yeah, it's too This is the, this is the beauty of having built don't don't supply don't surprise anybody. Go with go with the, play the hits. Shut up and play the hits. Built my brand around being obsessed with multiple different kinds of food. It, it's very easy now for me to make answers to questions. People are gonna say, is he gonna say shrimp ring? Is he gonna say Reuben sandwich? A ball game with a Reuben sandwich and a properly paired beer. Um Hell, I get into that. You know what I mean? I'm glad you've embraced it. I think that's good. It's just, it's also an easy way for me to answer questions that I don't feel like going in depth on, right? Absolutely. We get this sometimes. We get it here and we get on wrestling brain sometimes. You'll ask for questions and people will be like, rank your top five matches of all time or rank your top five Blue Jays games. And I'm like, I understand and appreciate the spirit of that, but also I just mentally, I have no interest in doing that. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? The quick, the, the obsession with everything has to be a quick list has never jive with me. So, I um, was I was big into it when I was younger, and now I, I couldn't even tell you my favorite movie anymore. I don't know. Sky probably Moonfall, right? Oh man, do you ever think about what happened if if the moon fell? All I know is the moon the moon is not a giant structure created by aliens. That's just not possible. You should uh, talk to a megastructurist. That's what we'll I would say. Double check your facts there, Jack, is what I would say. Uh, Sun is local. <laughs> uh, James Gleason, in a, in a semi-related question, asked, what are some good snacks to bring to the dome? That's a that's a, that's a a good one, because as I mean, Jake, you invented bringing food into the Sky Dome. I did. I'm the first person to bring food into Sky Dome. Um, uh, the only person, some would say. We established in 2015 um, that it's a joy to bring your own food into the Sky Dome. I think easy chips is an easy one. I, I remember bringing in Doritos was an easy early you one. You chips to the playoffs, didn't you? I did bring chips to the playoffs. Uh, not touch the bag. Why would we? Why did I think I would be casually snacking during a playoff <laughs> game? <laughs> uh, chips, if you have a, a particular sandwich that you really like, not like a hot sandwich, but like a cold cut or yeah, a... Yeah, sandwich is perfect. If you, if you want to bring like a ham and cheese sandwich or a six inch sub even, like depending yeah. on... One of my most... I would say actually arguably my most enjoyable Skydome food thing was uh before the, the at the 2016 wildcard game a friend of the show Andrew Wilson and I uh went to Bond Me Boys before the game and brought them into the game cuz and it was you know it's a wildcard game so you want to get there early and take yeah. taking everything and just like before the chaos uh and stress of a wildcard game just sitting in our seats watching sort of players warm up and the field gets set up and everything sitting in seats eating a good sandwich before the before a big game just the best um yeah you might enjoy this sandwiches are great you might enjoy this uh i have not eaten subway in a very long time just sort of like not into wet food huh i used to work near multiple multiple times i've worked near a location and ate it too many times and then i was Mm. like all right i just don't like this that much so i'm not gonna and i don't think i had it for three maybe three or four years um there's a subway in the hospital I was staying in over the weekend. Wow. And Friday that my son was born, I realized I had not eaten in like 20 hours probably. And I had a granola bars that we packed in our in our go bag, but I hadn't eaten a meal in like th- in, in like 20 hours. I went down and had a six inch BMT and coming back and eating that in the room. I was like, this might be the best meal I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, eating actual food, which is, you know, a stretch even saying it about Subway, but like eating a eating a full meal at that point, that tired and that hungry and that overwhelmed with an emotional day was I was like, this is heavenly to be eating a BMT. 
Yeah, it's uh, the big meat thing is is of the wet sandwiches. The big meat thing is uh, my favorite of the wet. I thought sandwiches. of you because like, you've you've been a BMT proponent. And I'll ask you, what do you right, put on your true. BMT? Uh, I'm I'm pretty classic, loaded up with all the vegetables, uh-huh. uh, except for black olives, green olives if you have, yeah. and then just give me some sub sauce and I'm good to go. So here's the thing. I don't know if I talked about this before. I didn't eat pickles for a really long time. You have you have mentioned this to me, and I think it's insane. I love pickles. I, I, I love pickles now. So, I don't understand how someone like yourself can be so well versed in deli I culture know. I know. and not have been into pickles. I'm a late I'm a late bloomer in that my parents um, sort of let me be the fries and and nuggets kid for a long time. Mm, fair. So like I'm very late to like flavor. Um, for the first time and, and then my wife I think last year or the year before it got me into like just have a pickle on your burger trust me it's great and I was like it is fucking great and it's a great topping um, so my BMT I, you know four years ago I would have never said get my BMT with pickles onions and lettuce but pickle onion lettuce sub sauce on a BMT is fucking outstanding yeah outstanding I've, I'm a big uh, it's not that I didn't eat them but it has taken me a long time to add them to like things like Subway or things like pizza. But onions are just fantastic. Grill them. Yeah, you, you grill matter. them. You can crisp them. You can fry them. You can just put them on a sandwich raw. I don't give an f. Give me the onions, onions on a pizza is one of my favorites now, and it's keep talking. Yeah, never never was into it, and then now I'm just like I'll I'll take them. Last one comes from Prairie Jays asking, very simple, straight ahead. What's your favorite video game console of all time? That's a great question. I think just as we were talking before, it's all based on nostalgia and well, what age I was. Yeah. I thought about this because I saw this come in earlier today. And I tried to think about like, there's a lot of ways. It's easy, obviously, to be like, well, we I grew up a Super Nintendo era. And like, right. you don't understand the leap that Super Nintendo represented. Right? Yes, it wasn't. It I wasn't just that it was a fun thing. It's like before Super Nintendo, there was the video games were were garbage. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, but I would say, based on a number of factors that I looked at, it honestly might have been PlayStation Three for me. I I wow. had I had three different PlayStation Threes. I had a PlayStation Three very early. Basically, basically blew it up. I, I burnt out a fan on it. Bought a replacement and then also bought a slim because uh, they, they, they were really big I and do, heavy and they got really hot. It's like, like barbecues. Yeah. So I, I had two of the big heavy ones and then got a, a, a like, I like my PS3 so much. I went and got the fans. I went to a, a repair shop and got the fan repaired. That's how wow. much I was like played my PS3. So it, the answer is probably PS3. I, that was like a major deal for me to have that system. I played it I, all the time. Oh, my God. I am torn between if I, I think the answer to this question is like what if, if you calculate the hours in your life you've spent, what did you get the most use out of? Yeah, I think is really what this ends with. So I am torn between PlayStation one and two. Sure. In PS2, and I, I played an absolute boatload as well. Holy yeah, cow. I don't know which one I would have spent more time with. My, my heart goes to PlayStation one because I was always a Nintendo kid. Yes. I had Nintendo 64, and then and then when PlayStation came out and all like the big hitters came out on that, I was like, "Well, such a good, such a good system." I, and I didn't get one until like late in its life cycle. Yeah, and so it was like it was like a big deal for me to get a PlayStation One. But then I feel like just because it was like I would have got a PlayStation Two in like grade eight i want to say right. grade nine Perfect. so yeah. like the high school years was all ps2 for the most part so you have to assume that that got the most play out of anything and See, it also played play, and it also played playstation one games so it was like crazy everything now i would say to that is i i do factor that in and i do appreciate that and that is sort of i do also lean that maybe it was ps2 maybe it was ps1 but then i look at it and i go the PC, the PS3, originally released when I was 21, and I was very, I had PS3 it's basically true. immediately. PS3 was pl- there through all the sad years. You're right. I played it like there was probably not more than. I I doubt I ever went more than three consecutive days without playing PS3. Yeah, when I think about what what did I do when I lived alone in school? Yeah, it was PS3. 
21 to like 21 to 28. That's pr- that's pretty tough yeah. to argue with. Yeah. If I had spent seven years doing anything else in my life but playing PS th- PS3, and then obviously I've loved my PS4, but I've been, you know, married and in love with a woman that I live with and and an adult, and I I enjoy it, but it's not like I don't you know if I were to visit my family, I don't bring it home with me in the, in the way that I brought home my PS3. Like yeah. A, like a sicko. I go to my family's house for two days and I would bring my PS3. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. So anyway, PS3, because the games were very good and and the career modes and it was everything I ever wanted out of a, out of a console. I think I'm going PS2 just because like when I think about the most nostalgic thing from like that that chime when you started it up that yeah. purr, that I can't do it. But like that's when I'm like, that's me. I'm like, oh, okay, it's video games. Yeah, totally, totally great. Um, okay, that is it for the mailbag. We are going to close things out with a quick little take this to your grave. Bit of a lengthy one, Jake, this week, so I'm going to get right to it here at the end. Um, take this to your grave. I'm going to I'm going to go back to I'm going to go baseball here because I, I we could I could do I assume I'm not. This isn't the last episode where I talk about having a son and that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> I mean, I feel kids. like he's not going anywhere. So God, I hope not. Um, we're talking about kids and, and adulthood and that sort of stuff a lot. Um, so I'm going to go with the baseball one and maybe read the tea leaves here just a little bit. Something that I think I saw said uh, earlier this week. My prediction to you, Jake, is before July 1st, Dexter Fowler will be called up to the Blue Jays. I love that. I love it. I fully agree. Barring barring him being a catastrophe, he began playing simulated games six days ago, um, basically basically starting his spring training progression. It's going to take some time uh, coming off... ACL, so I'm probably going to join. He might join AAA at the beginning of May. I think some point in June, Dexter Fowler is going to be a Blue Jay. That's a really good one. We should start writing these down so we can keep mm-hmm. track of all our takes. Um, what do I have this week? You know, it's funny. I was actually literally yesterday, wow, when I was going to do this show by myself, my takes you gave was going to be that Julian Merriweather was going on the IL this week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he didn't, uh, but he is hurt. Well, he's pitching with a leg brace, which is not far yeah. off from. I'm going to say, what are we, April 19th? I'm going to say that by May, by the end of May, let's say. Or actually, does I should look this up to see if uh, this is actually a thing that exists before I do this take. Hold on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is wonderful. Uh, by the end of May, Bo Bichette will have won an American League Player of the Week award. Hey, I like that because he's been he's been real cold. Yeah, I think he's going to put together. Uh, excellent. I like that. Bo Bichette, a pro Bo Bichette, and a appearance from Dexter Fowler. You heard it here first, or you didn't hear it at all. I'm uh, so excited for. I'm so excited to be a actually Dexter Fowler is what was missing from this team guy. I mean, the mathematics of it is, is like, basically they, that means that one of Zimmer, well, Zimmer, basically means Zimmer gets cut before them. <laughs> they're not, they're not going to have seven outfielders, but uh, I can see it. I can see the stepping stones pretty quick and pretty Remember clear. Remember when and, uh, Melvin Upton showed up? And everyone I do. Was like, and everyone was like, oh, he's going to revert to Melvin Upton of four years ago? I'm so ready to think that about Dexter Fowler. <laughs> Here comes 2019 Dexter Fowler. Also, For- go, uh, go sign Justin Upton up. Oh boy! <laughs> How many of these guys? Oh my goodness! Let's let oh him fight my... it out. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's only thirty-four. <laughs> Diamondbacks want him. Holy moly! <laughs> Holy. Okay. Anyway, Blue Jays are about to start in Boston, so we're gonna get out of here and go watch the game. It has been an absolute pleasure to get back and do 
one thing this week that reminds me of uh, normalcy a little bit and and a clock on my actions and uh, talking about baseball is always so fun. Jake, 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 you, Jake. Thank you for holding on the fort and for almost recording yesterday's episode alone, but then deciding to wait for me and to let COVID uh, have the wheel on I Monday real, night. I was real, uh, real COVID drained last night. I won't, I uh, won't lie. Well, now you can kick back with a Toronto Blue Jays baseball game. Hopefully, they play well against the Red Sox. We will talk to you again next week. We will see you on Thielen Friday about a two copies. Um, We'll see. I might be up to it. We'll, we'll see how the rest of the week goes in terms of sleep. But that is it. Thank you all so much for your kind words, your well wishes, uh, your great thoughts about my wonderful wife and our beautiful son. So excited to have him involved uh, in my life and, and be showing him baseball and the years to come. The, the World Series dynasty that he gets to grow up with, just like us, Jake. He gets, he gets to have a good Blue Jays team in his in his childhood, which is all you really want when you're a kid. Um, I hope. Knock on wood. Um but yeah, it's it's been fun. It's exciting. I can't wait uh, to get back to talking about the Blue Jays this week and next. We will talk to you later on Less Than Jays.